Greetings, and thank you for joining us for the 22nd episode of DC Animation with Spencer and Friends. This is an LMG Podcast production. Today, I am joined by a dear friend. Yes, I am back, and I'm Jordan. Jordan is back with me today. Um, Now, if you listen to the main podcast, you've definitely heard Jordan's voice as he is one of the members of the League of Melanated Gentlemen. And an on-the-record hater of DC. What? Go ahead. I would say that's semi-true, (laughs) semi-false, a little bit. I I feel like the DC hatred is just character work. Yeah, a little bit, but there also is that DC hate there. But yes, yeah, like played up a little bit. I would say. Okay, okay, and that's okay. You know, we, um, you know, we like a little showmanship here at the league. Yeah. But um, for the people who don't remember, uh, you appeared on an earlier episode. But for those who weren't here for that, can you tell us a little bit about your DC consumption? Yeah, so I mean, being a man of um, a man of the culture, a, a a a real nerd of the culture, I I tend to lean a lot towards Marvel. But when it comes to DC, I would definitely say I have have my fair share. Um, so of course I've played like all the the Arkham Knight series. Um, I've watched a bunch of the animated movies. I think last time I said I've probably seen every animated movie from 2010 to about 2013. I've seen all of them. Uh, comics wise, I mean, I under, I know some characters, I know some stories, but I don't know the kind of the in-depth detail when it comes to uh, things like that, kind of like what I do with Marvel. Um, but I I would say my DC knowledge is, I'll give it probably like a, a solid 7.5. Okay. Solid 7.5. But yeah, I, I, I dabble in the DC world. Okay. I know you love your Flintstones. Yeah, there you go. That, that that's my <laughs> DC, you know. And I'm currently reading um, Godzilla versus King Kong versus Justice League, and that's my DC consumption for the year. That'll work. Okay, okay. Well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate you for joining us on this journey through DC animation. Today's film is Justice League: Thrones of Atlantis, released uh, January fifteenth, two thousand fifteen, and the comic book on which it was based is Thrones of Atlantis. I will read a synopsis in my own words, and then we're just going to talk about it. Sounds good. So, we open in the Marianas Trench with a military submarine being attacked. Over at Star Labs, Cyborg is having an oil change, and Steve Trevor comes to tell Cyborg what's happened with the submarine. In Athens, Superman and Wonder Woman do some heavy flirting. And Arthur Curry is at a bar drinking and talking to a lobster because his father just died. He gets into a skirmish with some people while being watched by a mysterious red-headed woman and two men in a car. Down at the submarine, Cyborg is investigating to see what happened. While down there, he finds handprints and learns that nuclear weapons are missing. Cyborg is then attacked and makes a tactical retreat. He calls in the League, but only Shazam and Flash show up, so they decide to go get everyone in person. Hal is interrupted while trying to secure a date, and Diana and Clark are interrupted while on their date. Green Lantern is pissed that Batman isn't at the meeting, so he goes to Gotham to go get him. 
He interrupts Batman's chase of Scarecrow henchmen, which pisses off Batman, but he does, you know, make the meeting, and the League begin scanning and assessing the situation. They determine that this is related to the lost city of Atlantis. Prince Orm and my nigga Black Manta go visit the Queen, uh, Queen Atlanta, and the Prince wants to wage war against the surface world, but the Queen ain't having it. Because she knows that Darkseid is behind the things that have happened, not the surfacers. The Queen then asks Mira to collect Arthur because he is the only hope of peace between Atlantis and the surface. Black Manta executes his plan to kill Arthur and Dr. Shin, as well as attack Atlantis disguised as surface dwellers to move forward with Orm's agenda. Dr. Shin is killed, but Arthur is attacked by Atlanteans. Mira comes in with the save and lays waste to the attackers. Superman and Batman arrive at Dr. Shin's place to find it ransacked, and his work has been destroyed. Orm's plan for all-out war doesn't work, as the Queen wants to meet with the Justice League to broker peace. Arthur wakes up, and Mira tells him about his birth. Arthur puts on the uniform, but the armor is a little much. Uh, but he does keep the orange, though. He goes up for some air, and he and Mira are attacked by the Trench. The League arrives, and they are able to deal with the Trench. Orm and the Queen have a final argument before he stabs her in the back, killing her. The League is on the way to Atlantis. When they arrive, they learn of the Queen's death. Orm reveals himself and says, hell yeah, I did it. And? And so with the Trident, Ocean Master is able to pretty easily deal with the Justice League, and he puts them into cocoons to be eaten by a trench monster. Through the power of friendship, Arthur unlocks his power and frees himself, and then he frees Superman so that everyone else can be saved. Ocean Master dispatches his army to Metropolis to begin the war with the surface. The army attempts, the uh, U.S. Army, attempts to stop Atlantis, but it's not going well for them. Luckily, the Justice League arrive to the fight. Black Manta reveals to Aquaman that this was his plan all along and that he will eventually take the throne from Ocean Master, but then Aquaman calls upon a shark and uh, Black Manta is eaten. The League is doing pretty well in the fight, but Ocean Master is a problem. Just as Aquaman is about to be killed by Ocean Master, Batman has Cyborg show everyone the footage of him admitting that he killed the Queen. With that, Aquaman takes out Ocean Master, he takes the Trident, he takes his role as King, he takes the throne. During Arthur's crowning ceremony, the League talks about making things official-official, and Cyborg lets them know that he's been working on a little watchtower. In the post-credits, Orm is in Belrev locked up and gets a proposition from the one and only Lex Luthor. So, Jordan, what do you think of the movie? I'll be honest with you. Uh... I don't know how many times people have told you they were not filling the DC animated movie like that, but this one was not it for me. Okay. Um, 
And some of my issues lay where I feel like a lot of these Justice League movies, when it comes to like a team up movie, we get a lot of retelling of the same story, not the same story, but a retelling of like how the Justice League forms. And like this one, I was expecting, uh, honestly, I I had never seen this movie. uh, So this is my first time watching it. I was expecting Aquaman to already be a part of the league. And kind of like when I seen him starting out in the beginning, like I thought he was maybe just like, you know, lost, like maybe he just didn't know what to do with his life. But I realized like, oh, this is how he joins the Justice League. And I was thinking, okay, so they let Cyborg um, join the Justice League before they let Aquaman. Um, so that was one of the things. Also, the art style on this one, I was not a big fan of the art style. Um, I didn't like Superman's costume. I know that this time this his costume was a little bit different. I enjoyed Wonder Woman's costume. Uh, Batman's voice was not, I did not enjoy Batman's voice at all. Um, and in the movie to me, it was only okay, in my opinion. Um, and I guess once we really get to talking about it, uh, we'll go into more detail. But what did you think about it? Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I had a good time watching it. There are definitely some elements that I think could have been improved upon. And I think that the comic book, ver- this is a case where the comic book version was probably a little bit better story than the movie, but there were definitely things that happened in the movie that I enjoyed. So one thing, uh, this is a pretty direct sequel to Justice League War. So in Justice League War, uh, we have an end credit scene where Orm rises out of the water and basically declares war against the surface world because Darkseid's stuff ended up killing the king. Okay. And so Orm has an agenda and this has a lot to do with it. I mean, and we see a lot of, you know, how he gets to his agenda. But yeah, so in the comic book version... Uh, we do not get an origin story for Aquaman. Like Aquaman, we already know who Aquaman is. Aquaman is already king. So in the, and it's been a minute, but um, in the comic book version, there's a US missile that is accidentally launched and it, uh, you know, hits Atlantis. And so Atlantis is like, oh, okay, war then. And Aquaman in that is actually because his brother is you know the one waging the war and the justice league is like nah he just drowned major cities we need to take care of that and aquaman is like no 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 uh you know he i'm i'm defending my brother in this situation uh and Mm -hmm. there's there's some kind of infighting between aquaman and the justice league but really the atlanteans and the justice league because they want him to answer for what he did and aquaman's like yeah but it's a little more complicated than that and if you put hands on my brother then you're going to have to deal with the full weight of atlantis but eventually um they all get like cocooned and then you know placed underwater to be taken and cyborg has to like make some phone calls to call in some other people because the big three is who got taken into the water. And Aquaman is the only one who's able to like bust out because, you know, he's got the powers and the others do not. So Cyborg has to call some people in to help and he just calls whoever's available because Flash and Green Lantern are out doing other things. So like Hawkman has to jump in. You know what I noticed too? So I noticed in this movie that, um, 
I, this might be a thing that they always do because I, I recently just read this as well. But Flash and Green Lantern are they always racing? Because I was reading the Godzilla versus Kong versus Justice League, and in that, those two were racing in that, and then I saw it again in this. I was like, "Is that a thing that they do?" I think it is a thing. Like it's kind of an okay. ongoing thing. Um, and they, you know, sneak in some little, some little things because there was one point where Aquaman says "outrageous," which is not necessarily a catchphrase, but there was a point when Aquaman was just like that was his go-to word was "outrageous," and so okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, like that's you know just sprinkling in some little, some little, you know, some little little little, little things here and there, a little seasoning. Yeah. So, but in the comic book, um, uh, Volko Willem Dafoe's character in the movie, he's who's behind this in the comic book. So he's the one who launched the missile. He's the one who wanted uh, Aquaman to like take the kingship, and like he's the one who like set all of these things into happening, but. In the comic book, yeah, we don't get an origin story. So that may be one thing that... I mean, but we needed an origin story here because we hadn't seen Aquaman yet. And we so, had to kind of know what so happened. So in all the other movies, all, this, all the other movies before this, we hadn't seen Aquaman? In this world, not oh, yet. This because okay. because you remember Justice League War starts a continued universe and this movie exists in the DC animated movie universe. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Yeah. So that is why we hadn't seen Aquaman yet. There are movies where we have seen Aquaman, but as far as like the new 52's animated world, which is essentially what this is, um we hadn't met Aquaman yet. And so this movie introduces him. Gotcha. Okay. I, I, I didn't know that. So, I mean, that's obviously where we get Shazam, because I remember Shazam was in uh, yeah. Justice League War. Okay. Yeah. And I um, disagree pretty much for the most part, because I I think I'm used to this Batman, though. I will say it I, I at the beginning, I it took me a minute. Like, I, I can't just say that I was just on board from Jump when I first heard uh, Jason's version of Batman. But since he did it for so long, I grew to appreciate it and I like it. But he's still not in my, you know, he's not my top guy and he's not my second guy. Yeah, but, I just looked him up. I didn't know. I didn't know whose voice it was. Jason O'Mara. Yeah. Uh, and he voices Batman through this universe. And I get I I. Ooh. It, it I like it. Uh, oh, it the took, guy from Terra Nova. Okay. Yeah. Like it took me a minute to get there, but I do like it. Um. But yeah, I I like the voice cast. Um, and we're gonna talk about you know some specific people, uh, here in a minute. But yeah. So, so I was gonna say I got a question too. So so in this, I when the beginning we kind of see Superman go on a date. Well, he's kind of like him and Diana. Are kind of a thing and then they go on a date and then lois pulls up so at this time is lois and superman or lois and clark Kent not together or are they together they are not she looked like she was a little jealous they are not together superman is uh that's why wonder woman oh so this is an interview no it's a date yeah like wonder okay woman, so, clear, lois, clear that up real so lois and so lois and clark are not a thing in this one uh no gotcha okay superman and wonder woman are together in this one because in Justice League War, they met and they were like, ooh, okay, I see you. 
Gotcha. So, yeah. I mean, Diana do look good. I will say she do look good. And, you know, everybody was interested. Uh, like Green Lantern was interested. Shazam was interested. And Superman just kind of looked at him like, uh, no, no. Yeah. Like men are here. So let's just not even. But yeah. Um, so we see we open with uh pretty much the military just kind of on patrol and they get uh, attacked and it does not go well for them. And then we see Cyborg, I guess, having a dream of when he was human. And I was like, of course they got him running with a white woman. They got to do that to our people, huh? Yeah, but you know, that's fine. He's he he was about to be a star athlete. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's how it happens. Huh? That's that's what that's what usually happens. Dr. Umar be so pissed at Cyborg. Well, I'll tell you, Dr. Umar would not approve of Cyborg's dream, uh, but <laughs> he may approve of Cyborg's actions, which we'll talk about a little later. But uh, yeah, so Steve Trevor makes like a little brief appearance. Um, you know, you know who Steve Trevor is, right? I mean, I know who Steve Trevor. Did I miss that? He's the one who, uh, like at the very beginning of the movie, he's the one who they reported it to. And then he's the one that went in there to tell Cyborg about. Oh, okay. I didn't even, I didn't even notice it. Cause the, though he was two guys having a conversation about, they were talking about something. I can't remember what they were talking about, uh, but underneath the submarine, I think they were talking about, they don't, I don't even remember what it was, but he was one of those two guys. Yeah. So gotcha. I, did, yeah, yeah. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Like he's the guy who went in there and said, Cyborg, um, here's the situation and yeah uh he was the one who said like you need to call the league and cyborg was like let's not do that yet i don't want to worry yeah. them if it's not so so no one else knows that the league is not really formed at this point yeah they and, and i think steve trevor may have also been the one saying like we were gonna call him the super seven but the justice league tested better and like he was the one at the beginning having that conversation because whenever billy in uh, the end of Justice League War, Billy's like, the Super 7! And everybody's like, gross. Nobody wants that name. So, I guess the Justice League was like a marketing situation. And that's one of the things. Like, we see very early Justice League. We're used to seeing an established Justice League who's been doing stuff for a while. Right. Everybody already knows each other. They've already got the headquarters. Like, they've already, like, all that stuff has already been done. And, like, all that stuff has happened already. So, we're seeing a very early stages of things like a like an actual reboot a start over and so seeing like the early inner workings and the like building process uh we're seeing some of that get worked out essentially in real time because we're used to it already being established and so in justice league war we see everybody meet for the first time uh everybody yeah. who didn't already know each other flash and uh green lantern already knew each other uh, Batman had heard of Flash. Uh, they knew who Superman was, but like hadn't actually met like all of that. So they are aware of each other to some extent, um, but they, you know, actually formally meet. And then at the end of Justice League War, they're having a discussion of like, hey, we should continue this. We should actually be a team. And then some people are like, no, nah, I got other shit to do. Like, I'm busy. This was a one time thing, you know. All that. So they kind of disagree on how to move forward with this whole league thing. And so you, we're seeing some of the politics and some of the we're, we're seeing a lot of that get worked out. 
Yeah, because I mean, I noticed like Green Lantern's like, oh, I'm so tired of this guy in referring to Batman. Yeah. And then, yeah, so like he, and, he, they already tell like he's already in tired of him. Yeah. And so in Justice League War, they meet for the first time and it opens with them meeting. So there's, uh, you know, parademons are attacking and Batman is trying to figure out what's going on, but so is Green Lantern and they don't know each other. So they're kind of just getting in each other's way. And then eventually they have a conversation and realize they're on the same side and all of that. But, you know, their personalities are clashing because, you know, Hal is a comedian and Batman right. is super serious. And Batman pissed Hal off because whenever they met for the first time, Batman snuck his ring off of him and was yeah, like, I remember that. Hey, what's this? And yeah. So Hal from Jump has not been a fan of Batman. Yeah. And, you know, it's because Batman doesn't want to play around with him, I guess. But, yeah, so this is a pretty direct sequel. And with that context, hopefully that helps to improve your view of the film. How did you okay. what did you feel about Superman's costume? Because like I the costume was okay, but I did I wasn't really a big fan of it. Like I don't like the black S on the back of the cape and the dark, the dark palette. I I think that this is one of my favorite iterations of Superman, but definitely not my favorite uniform. Um, gotcha. yeah. I don't like that it goes all the way up his neck. Yeah. And I also don't think I like the black S on the cape. No, I don't. I, I, yeah, I don't like I, that either. Like, I, I want that to be yellow. I don't... The, the black S feels too much like Zod. Yeah. No, and, I give you that. Yeah, so I I don't like the black S. I don't hate it, but like I feel like the S on his chest and the S on his cape should match or be They're the same. Clashing. Yeah, like it. Yeah, I don't I don't like it very much. But yeah, like this this is one of my favorite iterations of Superman because this Superman does not play around. And we're gonna talk about one of those moments a little later on as well, uh, as we talk through the movie. Um. I'm going to try to keep us on track, but also we may jump around. I don't know what's going to happen. We can do what we want. Okay. We'll I mean, I got a comment for the very beginning of the movie with Arthur, but I'll let you get to it. Um. Okay. So Cyborg, you know, getting some work done. Luckily, he gets his lung removed because uh, that helps him explore the sea. And then in Athens, Superman and Wonder Woman are kind of talking about feeling lonely. And then they were like, but we have each other. And so... Then Superman shows her the trick of all you have to do is put on glasses and you're a different person. That was that's so all you have to do. Yeah, that that was so stupid. I, I was like, that was a nod. Like the writers are like, I'm gonna get him with this one. And like, yeah, yeah. That's why she was like, it's so weird to just be able to hide in plain sight. And he was like, it's not hiding. And she was like, yes, it is. I don't. There's no difference. Like, yeah. And he was like, not hiding, blending in. She was like, yeah, that's the same thing. But. Yeah, so Arthur is, you know, getting drunk and talking to a lobster, and then he gets into a little brawl. That that uh, I, I chuckled a little bit at that, like him talking to to the lobster because it reminded me of the deep from the boys. Just yeah. how he's always talking with uh, different fish and everything. And I, that's the thing. Whenever I watched the boys, that the boys reminded me of this scene. 
because yeah. know, I'd seen this first. And I think that DC was having fun with it because we know that Aquaman gets a lot of heat for, you know, all he does is talk to fish and he's like useless. And yeah. so I think they were making fun of that concept and that idea with him having a drunken conversation with a lobster. Like, I think they yeah. that was them, like, pointing, like, this movie did, like, the thing with the glasses. Like, they were like, we know it's fucking stupid, and we're gonna, we, we can make fun of ourselves, that's fine, that's cool. Or we can, you know, we did this, we thought it was a good idea, the internet attacked us for it, so we can, we can laugh too, that's cool. Like, I think, yeah. I think it was one of those. Um, and I appreciate that. Like, I'm glad that they have the awareness to, you know, do that without it being an issue. Um, I think that, generally speaking, superhero movies are pretty good at that. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes it's just bullshit. And it's like, what? Other times, they're really good at saying, this is stupid. Why are we doing that? And then they're like, you know, that's just, that's just, that's just the way we do things. It's just how it works. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, now, one thing that I will say, whenever uh, Arthur is having the fight and the dude tries to stab him and nothing happens and he 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 threw the shit out of that dude like yeah. that dude disap like we're blasting off again. <laughs> yeah. 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 He definitely get those dudes hands because when I first saw him getting beat up, I was like, hang on, there's no way. He's getting beat up right now. So then that's what I was like. Is this before he was Aquaman? Like before he got powers? And then he was like, all right, let me get up and quit playing. I was like, oh, okay, there we go. There. Yeah. We go. And that, because um, I thought the same thing. I was like, I I, I know they're not just beating his ass. And yeah. Then whenever he got up and he was like, all right, let's go. I was like, and then people started flying out of windows. I was like, oh, okay. That's fine. I, yeah. I understand yeah. what's happening now. So, yeah. Um. So, Cyborg goes down to investigate, and he sees handprints, so he's like, okay, obviously people were down here, and there are nuclear weapons missing, and he's like, that's not good, and then he gets attacked, he leaves, and he calls in the league, because he's like, yeah, this is this is serious now, like, I... I have some evidence. I need some help looking into this. Like, this is, this is a real problem, because hands down here, that's not... No, that that's that's this was planned. This was an attack. We need to do something. It is bigger than me now. So, you know, as you mentioned, like the league doesn't just show up. Uh, they so we we see the members who were like you know ready to do this, and then we see the people that don't make it are the ones who were like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. So they got to go get people in person, and I'm kind of wondering, uh. You know, Flash was very subtle about it. Flash, like, he did, like, what Flash did made sense. Whenever Cyborg and Shazam just teleport there, uh, I I feel like that wasn't subtle at all. And, Not at all. And I'm wondering, like, so, so Diana and Clark, they obviously know, like, that they need to go and, you know, they're being summoned, basically. But... I was like, so they just, uh, okay. Yeah, bro. It's like people walk around in the background, inside the diner. Everybody just seen all this. I'm yeah, sure everybody's just like, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's why Lois was like, I gotta go. I gotta go, uh, you know, see what the fuck's going on. Which, yeah. yeah. Lois, yeah. She was, she was trying to, she was trying to interfere because she definitely was like, yeah, me and Clark are real close. We share a byline sometimes. 
And she's, she's definitely taco blocking. Yeah, and, and Wonder Woman was like, I don't care. Like, this is this is not to date. Know that. Yeah. So yeah, that was interesting. So Clark and Diana got interrupted twice. They got interrupted by Lois and then Cyborg and and you know, Lois was also like, Oh, you if this is a date, you should have taken her somewhere more fancy. It's like Lois, go home. Um, called him country boy. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Like Lois, okay. We get it. That's a real real cute nickname, country boy. Yeah. But um so yeah, then everybody's at the table except Batman and Green Lantern's like, uh nah, if I gotta be here, he gotta be here. So uh I'm gonna go get him. I'll be right back. And yeah. we see Batman chasing down some scarecrow villains, and he's not even really chasing them. And that is one of the things that Batman points out to Green Lantern. He was like, I caught them, and he was like, I didn't want them caught. I wanted them afraid. I needed information. You don't understand how I do things. Get the fuck out of my city. See, and this is when I didn't like his voice. Like he was reprimanding Green Lantern, and his voice to me he was like, he was like, I wanted them to fear me. He's like, Do you know where uh, Scarecrow is keeping the toxin? It's like uh, when he was just reprimanding. I'm just like, this isn't the Batman voice that I'm used to. Man, and that's probably what it is. Like I just I'm not used to this Batman voice. It takes some getting used to. I will say it was rough for me um, in an earlier episode uh, because there's a point in son of Batman where he's reprimanding Damien. And I, it, yeah, like the first time I heard it, I was like, I know that wasn't, I needed Kevin for that. Yeah. So, and you know, son of Batman is the movie that exists in the same universe right before this one, but they're not necessarily related because son of Batman is just Batman. But yeah, it. I think I heard his voice long enough where I got used to it and made peace with it. But yeah, I agree. Uh, at when I was probably at your same point, and no, I I couldn't. It 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 took a while, uh, for me to be cool with it. So yeah, that was. I I I see how you got there. With uh the new voice of Batman or like this voice of Batman. Yeah. Um. So, they do. Uh, you know, Batman does make the meeting, and then we see, you know, them investigating and them figuring shit out, and them like working out everything that's going on, and them using their collective knowledge to do stuff. And I'm like, this, this, I love this. I like what's happening right now because I don't know how often it is that we actually get to see the Justice League work through and figure stuff out, and this is one of those times where we get to see, you know, multiple people contributing in very different ways because we see, you know, of course, Batman is using his detective skills and Batman is, you know, calling plays, uh, you know, later on, uh, we see wonder woman using her knowledge of the old world to, you know, determine that this is Atlantis and that that's what's going on. Uh, green, Green Lantern uh, uses their knowledge of 360 degree combat skills. Like we we see them all. Like Barry uses his CSI shit. Like we, we they all get involved. They all use their knowledge. I love it. I'm glad that we get to see them like actually work through what it is that's going on here. Um, it's a great thing. So we see that in this movie, 
Orm and Black Manta are working together. Normally, we see Black Manta just, you know, hating Aquaman, being, you know, essentially his arch nemesis, being one of the biggest problems that he has to deal with. Um, and I don't know that... I'm not super familiar with, like, a bunch of Aquaman's content, uh, at least his solo content, but I don't know how often Ocean Master and Black Manta are working together. Uh, I yeah. feel like Aquaman... I, I feel like Black Manta hates all of them. But... Anyway, think, uh, I'll, I'll say it towards the end of the episode. It's fine. You can keep going. Okay. Um, so, uh, Black Manta is like, all right, we need to kill. And that's one thing that happened. So we see that Black Manta is actually disguising himself as the guy helping Dr. Shin figure out who Arthur is. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, Dr. Shin is an expert on Atlantis things, and he's pretty much the only one who, like, they lead us to believe he's the only one who, like, is crazy enough to believe that Atlantis is actually a place. And, that yeah, and, and that's the actually... guy that, and that's the guy that pulls up on him at, uh, at his house, right? Yes. Like, a little bit later, a little bit later, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's the guy, so he and Black Manta were watching Arthur during the fight from the car and like taking pictures and being like, Hey, I think we found him. Like that was them. Uh, okay. Because one of the things that, you know, you don't realize until later is that black Manto was the guy who was with him because you don't realize that until you see black Manto on the phone from underwater. Which and then, that's which, a interesting way of working, but yep. It, it's magic and advanced technology. Uh, the fact that they can, you know, hear each other speak underwater. That, so, so <laughs> I know during a regular podcast, I talk about when I'm watching something, I will get taken out of it. And then I just immediately have to dismiss the thought. So my first one was how is cyborg not being crushed by the pure pressure of the water? Then I was like, yeah, how are they talking underwater? And I was like, then I was like, can Superman survive underwater? I know he, he can, I guess I didn't, I've never seen Superman in outer space. So I never thought about it. And then I was like, can he go to outer space? Superman being out of space all the time. Okay. That's why um, Superman being in outer space is why I was always confused when I did see Superman with like something to help him breathe. Like, you know how Cyborg had the thing over his mouth and nose? Right. Um, like, I've seen, there have been times when Superman has been in Atlantis and had one of those. And I'm like, why does he have one of those? Like, Superman does not require oxygen and so i don't understand why he needs that but with cyborg he's barely human anymore so right. that's why he's fine who shouldn't be okay is batman yeah uh yeah that's that's true i mean i feel like a lot of them should have been well, not a lot of them but yeah batman should have been crushed by pressure cyborg should have been crushed by pressure I think Wonder Cyborg would have been, been okay. okay. I think Cyborg. You think Cyborg, think Cyborg would have been okay? They I kinda, think so. They kind of I mean, way down there. Well, that's the thing. We don't know how deep it actually is, and it looks like it wasn't deep enough to not be penetrated by sunlight. So, the fact that there was, gotcha. you know, any light like the at trench all, people. Yeah, like the trench. That's deep. Like the okay. trench. I'm sure they exist in darkness, but. 
at least and it we don't know like i don't we don't yeah. actually know the depth of atlantis but the fact that it's a sunken city would lead me to believe that it can't have sunk that far so yeah. i'm under the impression that they are still within the range where sunlight is still making it through the water which okay. would lead me I, to believe, I had to, I had to... I dismiss those thoughts though, because like once you start thinking about it too hard, you were like, "All right, let me just let me just chill." Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if, yeah, there are a lot of things where if you think about it, it's like, "What the fuck?" No, <laughs> and you know, superhero bullshit is is a line that I use pretty regularly because oftentimes that is the answer. Like whenever Clark and Diana just put on glasses and they're new people. <laughs> the superhero Imagine bullshit does that in real life. Imagine you rob a bank and the police are by you like, oh shit, let me throw my glasses on and like, oh, we couldn't find them. Yeah. And it's so funny because there's kind of an ongoing joke that um in New Girl, you know, Zoe De Chanel, whenever she has glasses and bangs, and then whenever she doesn't have glasses and bangs, she looks like a different person. And if you see side by side pictures, you might be like, huh. Okay. I all right. Those, I, if you told me those two were sisters, I'd be like, okay. You, you give up the pass. Yeah, but then if you told me those were the same person, you'd be like, oh, that's interesting. But yeah, I, mean, I honestly, it's still stupid. Like, that's one, a thing from the 30s that they're still using. One more, one more thing that kind of throws me off is, so when we get to the point where the Trench are like attacking uh, Arthur and like they're also attacking Atlantis. We see a bunch of like explosions and stuff on fire underwater. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I was so think, far. I didn't think we saw stuff on fire. I thought we just saw like the explosions, nah, but that was it. We 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 have we have it on we have stuff on fire. Cause I made a note to put that. I was like, that is wild. Cause we also see mirror kind of for the first time, which my only exposure exposure? Exposure? Exposure. Exposure. Exposure to Mira is from the Aquaman movie. So like I didn't know like how badass that she could be. And oh, yeah. when we see her pull up on the trench people when to go help, you know, uh Arthur out, like she's nice. Yeah. Uh she and I have said it before, I will say it again. We see in this movie that Atlantis and Themyscira do not have a problem spilling blood. We see that yeah. Mira was, she was cutting them up like she, people from Atlantis and the Trent, like any anything. She was like, oh yeah, all y'all can get it. She was uh putting people on t-shirts all day yeah, long. No, she really was. She really was. Like there was one dude. Uh, he tried to like hide behind a rock. She split him in three ways. I was like, oh, he's dead. Like I had to rewind it when I saw her do that. But yeah, she was putting them down. And yeah, Mira is a she. She's too much. Like she is a she's a waterbender for real. Yeah, for real. And yeah, I loved her in this movie. She was great, and she showed you know how capable she was without you know having to like she she flexed a little bit. And I'm glad she got the moment too. So yeah, she comes in there and just you know lays waste to these people after they kill Dr. Shin and they, you know, attack Aquaman at his house. Yeah. So after that, 
we see Superman and Batman, they arrive at Dr. Shin's place, and Batman's like, yeah, he's dead. And Superman was like, why do you think he's dead? It's like, because you don't you don't destroy somebody's work and then leave them alive. Like, Yeah, even Batman Clark, knows that. For yeah, somebody like, not to kill Batman, like, yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, Clark was like, what do, you, what do you think this is? Or Batman said to Superman, like, what do you think this is? Like, what do you mean, how do I know? Like, are, you must be new to this. Because yeah, this, this is a regular Thursday. Because Clark made it a point to say, I'm an investigative journalist. Batman's like, journalism's dead. Like, nah. Yeah. So, yeah. The fact that, you know, Clark thought he was hanging in the detective uh, game was funny to me. But, you know, also, Batman, again, starts calling plays, and Superman is like, who who made him a leader? When we decide that? It's like, well, he's calling plays. He's trying to get shit done. That's right. who. So yeah, like go. He's right. Let's 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 do this. So yeah. Anyway, uh, Batman has to explain to Superman how you know things work, and then Superman you know pulls some stuff out of the water, puts it together, and they're able to piece together what the situation is. So Orm has now tried for the second time to coerce you know, the world into, or to coerce uh, Atlantis into fighting a war. And one of the things that that said to me was that speaks to how important a narrative is. It speaks to the lies that can be told up high to influence the people down low. I really like the connection there because Orm is, you know, fabricating stuff to get the people on his side because right. he's got an agenda like there are certain things he wants to do and he knows that he can't just go do them he's got to you know have the approval of the people at the end of the day and so he's making the moves to do that and you know being deceitful and everything and i like that this movie puts an emphasis on the fact that the narrative can determine so much like the narrative and the truth are very different and all it takes is, you know, a well-placed situation to influence the larger body of what is right and wrong. And we see that, you know, in the real world. And so I love that that happened. I love that we got to see, you know, some of the like dirty politics that, you know, people are trying to use to meet their own ends. Because we know that Orm wants to, you know, wage war against the surface for some pretty selfish reasons, but he's hiding it under legitimate reasons. Yeah. Because in his mind, it's like, well, my father was killed by these people, so we need to deal with them. And it's like, yeah, you may, that that's not, like, you kind of believe that, but you're also kind of just mad at your mom and you're kind of using this to take that out on her mm. because you imagine mom was a hoe. She was not a hoe. Uh, True. she, here's the thing. She did that book. Like as, as far as I understood, I don't know if this is all the way true, but from what I understood, she did that before she married the King. She was promised to the King, but she wasn't his yet. Whenever she, you know, did what she did. That, I'm not that gonna was say that she, a whole, she just made a whole decision. I don't know. 
Okay. Well, she wanted the freedom to love whoever she wanted, but because of traditions and customs, she was, you know, already promised to the king. So, you know, Atlanta. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Atlantis is one of the many civilizations that lives in a very old way. And so they, you know, already had like predetermined, um, wedding situations and you know the fact that they still live under like a pretty set monarchy that is very directly related to royal blood and all of that but yeah essentially she was I don't want to say sold but like she was promised to the king and she had no say in that Or she could have said no, but she decided, you know, I want to maintain peace uh, within my people. And so I'm going to acquiesce and like just begrudgingly go along with it because it's looking like she didn't want to be there and she was not happy to be there. Yeah, but uh, that is why we are not going to call her a hoe because she fell in love with somebody before she was married allegedly allegedly that is that is the way <laughs> i understood it i understood it as yes she the, the it was arranged but it had not happened and she actually found somebody she liked and you know they knew each other biblically because they were in love and a baby happened and they were a happy family but then she was like, oh, shit, I got to go back home and do all that mess. And so she did because they live in an old way and she respected the old way. But. Yeah, we're not we're not going to call her a hoe because that's not what happened, at least the way I saw it. That's not what happened. But Orm is still pissed about it to the point where Orm just refers to him as bastard. Like, yeah. it's just, 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 hello, bastard. Like, oh, that's disrespectful, but okay. And so, um, for the second time, Orm has tried to, you know, manipulate things into his favor. And the queen ain't having it. The queen is like, no, I know what you did. I have eyes everywhere. Don't, because he tries to attack her and he basically calls her a hoe. And see? She is like, I, first I was of young. all, yeah, she said, first of all, that's disrespectful. Second of all, I <laughs> deny nothing. I know exactly what I did. I was a grown ass woman. <laughs> so yeah. Ask your daddy, your, he know. Yeah. She just, shut your mouth, boy. <laughs> and also don't think I don't know about your little, your little clue. Don't think I don't know about your little games, which you've been doing. Hey, he was attack- shook. And she said, you attacked your own people. Yeah, I saw you. I know it was you. I saw you do it. Yeah, he was shook when she said they got pissed. Yeah, and that's the thing. She, because that's her son, I think that's why she tried to protect him and not just say, because, you know, she got on the intercom and was like, hey, everybody, this is an isolated incident. Everything is okay. We're going to be fine. Like, she did all that. And I, like, she could have gone on there and been like, uh, guess who's responsible for what just happened? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She could she could have done that, but she was like, no, no, no. 
we're not going to do that. But you will pay for your transgressions. And then Black Manta, you know, tries to be like, hey, you can't leave. And then she's like, I am the queen. You will get your, you better get your fucking hands off me. (laughs) (laughs) Then she ended up getting murked, though. Yeah. um, Yeah, she was like, "Uh, war is not in my plan. And then Orm gently whispered, but it isn't mine. Slid it off in her. Yeah. Uh and that yeah, she she's dead. And I'm sure that she didn't think that Orm would do that. But yeah, he um he kills her, he takes the trident, and it's 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 an issue. So whenever we see Arthur, you know, get down to Atlantis. And he and Mira, you know, talk about you are the rightful king. Uh, This is what happened to you because, you know, his dad was like, your mother was a hoe and she left. (laughs) And Mira was like, no, she wasn't. That's not what happened. She's Uh, a godly woman. Yeah. (laughs) Literally, (laughs) I guess. Uh, Yeah. Your mother fell in love with your father. Um. They were happy together. They had you, but duty called. So she had to come back down here and, you know, do the whole queen thing. But she never stopped loving you. She never stopped caring about you. And she wanted nothing but the best for you. And then, you know, shows him the king armor. And he's like, this is a little much. I like this orange, but uh, all this this gold, eh, yeah, I don't need all that. And then he goes there for some air and then that's when they're attacked by the trench. And uh, that is when Superman showed me, oh shit. Because in an earlier episode, in episode 14, Superman versus the Elite, that's probably the first time that I was like, you know, I'm, I, okay, I, I might kind of fucks with Superman a little bit. But in this movie, whenever he drops it, because... We see all the other, you know, Justice League members doing some fighting. Superman lands and he just says, retreat. And they get the fuck up out of there. The boys are shook. They knew they knew the deal when he landed. They were that that's what I was like. Oh, this Superman. Oh, I fucked with this Superman. It's like I, they had a play-by-play, like they see them on land before murking people, and it's like, yeah, this is the dude they, we heard about. We're going to just go ahead and leave him alone. Let's get up out of here. Yeah, because whenever we see him in Justice League War, like, that was also a move where it was like, I think I fucks with this Superman, because that's, you know, the whole who would win, Superman or Batman. That's when we see them interact for the first time, and Batman gets embarrassed. And, yeah, that's how that's going to go. As much as I love Batman, I know for yeah. a fact that with no prep time, Batman's not walking away. And yeah. if Superman was merciless, Batman's not walking away. And so I said all of that to say that this movie does a lot of things well, in my opinion. And one of them is demonstrate that Superman is not who you want those problems with. The fact that the Trench, I assume the Trench do not know who he was because they don't watch the news. 
they don't. I feel like no. Black Manta has the most. Either he got that presence, or Black Manta must have been like, hey, if you see a guy in red and blue, and he flying, y- y'all want to stay away from him. But that's the thing. I don't know if that's just a conversation that happens with all of them. I think that when Superman arrived, they were like, oh no. Because you got that presence about him? Yeah, I think he, like, again, he just landed and created a shockwave that everybody felt. And, yeah, when he when his eyes glowed red and he just said, retreat, yeah, they were like, yes, sir. We're going to go, we're, 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 we're going to be over here if you need us for anything. So, yeah, that was that was when I was like, oh, yeah, the Superman, he don't play around. And that's what I need. That's what I want for my Superman. I want, I think that just in this case, I think just, just a little bit of fear is healthy. Just, yeah. just, just a little I, bit. I would say, so the next part that we're about to get to as far as like, because we talked about um, the queen being quilled and then uh, Aquaman and them, they, he, they get attacked and Superman just gets uh, like electrocuted and then gets taken out. And I'm like, yo, how is Superman getting take that took out by this electric? And then they also get trapped in the little chrysalis things. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. And then we're, we're, okay. let's 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 actually get into that right now. So, um, they go down there, uh, and then you know they're like, "You're going to love her. She's wonderful." And then you know they get to the city. They're like, "Oh my god, it's beautiful. It's great." And nobody's there. And Superman is like, "Someday, right?" So they find the lady. She's like, "Everybody's preparing for war." And Mira's like, "No, no. The queen said we're not doing that. So the queen is dead." Oh, by a surface dweller, no, no less. Oh, so Orm has already spread the word that the surface yeah. people not only nuked y'all, but then came in here. Came into this house and killed the queen. And so then whenever they, you know, get to her body, Orm just shows up and is like, hello, bastard. Did yeah, you see yourself on the throne? Is that what you thought this was going to be? Is it everything yeah. you imagined? And Mira's, you know, on site, Mira's like, you... you killed her and he's like yes I did and she mewled like he he was oh he was monologuing a little bit about it and luckily Cyborg had the uh, had the record button going but once they fight we learn pretty quickly that Atlantis is uh, not to be trifled with, and especially underwater. But one of the things that I also think this movie does very well, and I have mentioned this before, you have heard me say probably more times than you would like to have heard me say that Aquaman is a problem. And magic has a lot to do with that. Now, Superman has no resistance to magic. Magic affects Superman like it affects anything else. Um, There are a lot of things that Superman is resistant to, but magic is not one of them. And so, because magic works on Superman, that is why Superman is able to be hurt by all of the Atlantis things, because magic is involved. So So the trident is magic. Yes, the trident is magic. Okay. And that's why 
Uh, that's why whenever they have the big fight upstairs, he's able to do all of the things. Like he was able to absorb Billy's lightning and then hit him back with it, changing him back to Billy. Uh, Shazam. Okay. So yeah, the the trident is magic. And that is one of the things that I think this movie does well. This movie does a great job of demonstrating Aquaman's potential to be a fucking problem. We have seen other movies by this point where Aquaman is like, like he could ruin everybody's day, um, mainly in Flashpoint. Uh, that's the point where we really see, like if anybody didn't know that Aquaman was about it, that's the movie where you learn like, oh, he he could uh, he could destroy the earth and yeah. he, he can go toe to toe with most of the league. Like I would say Wonder Woman, Aquaman can't hang with Wonder Woman, not in a one on one. Uh, and we see that um, almost everybody else. Aquaman could put up a pretty good fight against. Batman. And, yeah. If Batman don't have prep time, Batman also has prep time. If Batman has prep time, you know it's a different situation. But if <laughs> if Batman, like if if they just met anywhere other than like the desert, then uh, <laughs> the yeah, mountains, going, yeah, an open an forest, the plains, the savanna, yeah, any other place besides the water, this middle of the city. If they're in the middle of the city, Batman's gonna have a. It's gonna be rough for him. But anyway, this movie does a great job of demonstrating the type of problem that Aquaman can be. Again, Aquaman can take over the world if he needs to, and Aquaman can hang with the vast majority of the league. Like, Aquaman is a heavy hitter, and I think that their fight with Ocean Master kind of demonstrates what kind of things Aquaman would be able to do under the right circumstances. Because... We see Ocean Master going to work and we see him giving everybody problems. Yeah. And again, a lot of that has to do with the fact that there is magic involved and you know the whole royal blood and but yeah, that that trident is something serious. Like that's that's one of those artifacts that uh, can get a lot done. And so we see him defeat the Justice League and basically put them into those little pods and he sends them down to the trench monster. And then Arthur, you know, remembers him saying only he who has royal blood. That's, can... that's when I had a problem. I was like, okay, so just because he remembered it now, he was able to activate yeah, his the, powers. The power of friendship. Yeah, that's what, that was a, one of the other parts I didn't like. I was like, come on now. My man didn't even know he was a, uh, he had powers like this 25 minutes ago. Now he talking to fish, breaking out of there, controlling stuff. I'm like, all right. Yes, the power of friendship is uh, how that happened. And, you know, sometimes you just need the power of friendship. Now, I like that in this, he went very specifically to go save Superman. Like, yeah. he knew. He like, oh, I got to get the big guy. Yeah, he knew. He was like, no, if, if anybody, if I need anybody's help, it's you. You're first. And so, yeah, he saved Superman. That was the right choice because Superman is able to handle the trench monster, which may have a name, but I don't know. Uh, and then, yeah, everybody else is able to get free. Ocean Master has already, like, set a tidal wave to go handle, you know, Metropolis, because Batman, Shazam, and Flash are like, oh, shit, there's a tidal wave coming. And 
we we need to do something. So they arrive and the army or the military, I don't know if it was the army necessarily, but the military is like, hey, Atlantis, uh, stop. And Ocean Master was like, how about, no, I don't stop. And then they fire yeah. at him and he's like, my turn. And he just starts, you know, giving them problems. Like it's it's not going well for the military. But luckily, the Justice League show up and then Black Manta gets to talking. Now, I will say, I did not think he was going to die, A, in this movie at all, but B, that easily. Like, he did nothing. Me neither. My boy got took by Megalodon. Like, what yeah. the heck? Like, why were you even in this movie, Black Manta? Like, you, <laughs> you did nothing. Nah, yeah, he really, he really didn't do nothing. Like, and I love Black Manta, but yeah, like, he's just useless as fuck. Uh, just the not even a factor. I was bothered by how he got hand. Like they did him wrong, in my opinion. Especially for him to be like top five Aquaman villain. You're like, what? He's Aquaman's main. Like he's the guy. Like the arch nemesis. And yeah, got took out easily. Like we didn't even get to see. We didn't even really get to see him do little eye beam very much. Like if I don't even remember if he did. He did it like once. But yeah, like I, I wanted I wanted to see Black Man to do some work, but no, nah, he just got he just was like, it was my plan all along. Ha ha, dead. And so I didn't like that. But I think they could have demonstrated Aquaman's ability to do that on somebody else. I think doing that with Black Manta was a waste. Because it made him irrelevant. But anyway, uh, the league is doing okay. And then they get to Ocean Master himself and he just kind of deals with everybody. And the fact that he was able to do that on land, you know, if they had been in the water, it wouldn't have got Well, I mean, we saw what happened in the water. In the water, he just pretty immediately dealt with them. On land, you know, it took a little more doing, but he was able to handle pretty much everybody. And... So Batman is like, hey, this is not a brute force situation. We need something. Give me something. So we see Batman, you know, trying to use every angle that he can, trying to figure out what can we do to disrupt his operation. Not even necessarily to, you know, just punch him as hard as we can, but we need something that's going to, you know, disrupt this whole thing and so he finds out that cyborg you know had the record button on as always and so he broadcasts him admitting that he killed the queen and at first he's like uh it's a dirty trick and then whenever mira was like nope i was there i heard him say it then he was like no i did this for you i did this for your benefit and you know we've seen that We've seen people in power tell people below them that they did these things for them when, in fact, no, that's not what this was. So we see, you know, the corruption at the top. And before that happened, Ocean Master was about to kill Aquaman. Like, Aquaman was going yeah. to die right then. And he... Yeah. He pretty he killed Cyborg. Like yeah, I'm glad to get a charger. 
Yeah, like Cyborg. Yeah, Cyborg light went out. Like Cyborg was dead, and uh, Batman had to tase his ass back to life. I mean, he had Green Lantern down too. He he dealt with everybody. Like if yeah, Ocean Master was about to win, and you know a lot of that could be um, just another you know a demonstration of how um, powerful the king of Atlantis at any moment is. It could have been so that we have real stakes. It could have been because this is a brand new Justice League and they're not the best version of themselves individually or as a team yet. Um, you know, we have all of those things at play. And so we see that Aquaman is about to die and Cyborg creates a diversion, which then allows Aquaman to capitalize and say, hey, I'm decapted now. And everybody's like, cool. Everybody's just like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, you're the king. Uh, yeah, we agree. And that works out. So at his crowning ceremony, the League then has the discussion of like, hey, we we need to, you know, kind of secure, we need to lock this down. We need to, we need to, you know, get a committee or something. Cause uh obviously, you know, there are bigger, badder things that are happening. And so we need to create some actual unity here. We need to do like that league thing that the media is talking about, and that you know, like we need to actually like put that together. Or at least put some effort into it, and Cyborg is like, "Oh, yeah, I'm already, I'm already working on that because I, I'm the one who called the first meeting. Like, I'm, I'm the reason y'all motherfuckers is here. So, yeah, I, I know that, and I am already working on something for us. So, yeah, let's, uh, yeah, and then in the post credit scene, oh. One thing I did forget to mention, uh, two things I forgot to mention. Uh, do you know who John Henry Irons is? I know I noticed that, and the only reason I noticed that was because I watched um uh Lois and Clark, and he was on that season. And when he grabbed the hammer, I was like, ah, there we go. I remember that it was John, and yeah. I was ah, still made the reference. Gotcha. Yeah, so I'm glad you noticed that he definitely showed up, and like the fact that he, you know, saw Superman, I was like, oh, okay, I, okay, they're okay, they're building a world a little, here. Yeah, I got inspired by him. I was like, ah, gotcha. Yeah, they're building a world here because we will see that man later, and we will talk about it later. Um, also, Cyborg and the Doctor. Um, now. Dr. Umar would be proud, I imagine. But Cyborg, when we meet him, is still in high school. And that's in Justice League War. This is not very long after that, I don't think. And so, at the oldest, Cyborg is probably 18. And that's given him some credit. Because we don't really know how old he is, and this a doctor, this lady's a doctor, which means she was she was in school for a while. <laughs> she's like, at least twenty five. Yeah, she's a grown ass woman, uh, because that's how long you have to do things in order to be a doctor. Like you're not a doctor until you're grown ass. Like that's that's how long it takes. And so, yeah. 
I didn't even think about that. That's funny. Yeah, and also, um, my mom was with me when I was watching this, and my mom was like, um, so how much of Cyborg is still flesh? I was going to ask that to you think, uh... And I said to my mom, well, I think in this version, just his face, because his heart and his brain are the only things that he has according to the movie. My boy got that rocket down low. And, uh, yeah, my mom was like, well, if that's all he is, why is she interested? You know why. I was like, mama. Got got that all-nighter. And, you know, had I not been talking to my mom, I would have said, I would have said he can turn his arm into a lot of things. Yeah, it was like talking to your mom. You can't make that type of comment. I did not do that. Um, (laughs) But in my head, I was like, I'm sure that uh, his skills will translate. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, like, and he won't have to worry about getting her pregnant. That is also true. My oh my. Oh, okay. So I wanted to say, I was going to say it earlier, but then I changed my mind. I said I'll say it at the towards the end. So I know you don't watch trailers, but I have watched uh, the trailer for Aquaman. And I mean, by the time it's coming out, like I've, I've have seen it. So I know that this looks very similar to Aquaman 2. And so I'm wondering if this is what inspired the new Aquaman 2 movie. Because in the new movie, we see there's two Aquamans. Okay. But, uh, it it might. Uh, we're going to see because the first Aquaman movie did take some elements from the same story. Um, so we'll see how much of it they took from... Was Ocean Master in the first one? Yes. Like he's the villain in the first one. Because Black Manta. Oh, well, maybe, it, okay. But okay. He, Black Manta's not like the we see Black Manta kind of become Black Manta in like the end credit scene or like it later in the movie, but like it's Ocean Master is the villain. Okay. The well, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm just thinking of the first one, but clearly I don't know my DC uh history with this one. Yeah, and I mean we see but, um in another reason is because uh Willem Dafoe's character, uh Volko, is important in the comic book and doesn't even appear in this movie, I don't think. But yeah, he's in the movie. So the movie takes some notes. Uh I wouldn't necessarily call it a loose adaptation, but I'd say that the movie the Aquaman live action movie took some things from the story and incorporated them. But yeah. Um anyway, by the time this episode comes out, I think the Aquaman 2 will have freshly dropped. Yeah. Um so then in the post credit scene, which you kind of got to make your way through because the credits have like random stills and then like the end credit yeah. scene is at the very end. And if you don't know it's there, you're not going to go and check. But in the end credit scene, uh, we see that Orm is in Bell Rev and, you know, pissed about it. And then Lex Luthor is like, hey, I got a proposition for you if you're interested. And so 
We'll have to see what fruit comes from that later on. But after talking through the movie, scale of 1 to 10, what are you thinking? I think after freshly watching it, I was at a solid... Did I already give a rating earlier? I don't think so. Yeah. Freshly after watching the movie, I gave it like a 6.5. I think after kind of talking about it a little bit, um, I'll give it a seven. It still wasn't my favorite. Uh, still has some issues. And also could be because I'm not a big Aquaman fan. Um, and, you know, but... it's so funny. The reason I selected you for this episode is because it takes place in Atlantis. And I know how yeah. important Atlantis is to you. I mean, I didn't want to bring that up, but I mean, there is a better Aquaman out there, and we refer to him as Namor, the real king of Atlantis, not Talakon, Talakon, whatever you want to call it. The real king of Atlantis is Namor. Not Namor, but Namor. (laughs) You're such a hater. I love it. But anyway, uh, yeah, I I wanted you to watch this movie very specifically because I know that you have been needing uh, some Atlantis and so, so what, what would you give it? I give this movie, I think, out the door, I gave it an eight. And I think that I would give it a 7.5. Uh, there were some things that were like, okay, nah, that was weird. But I enjoyed it. Like, I liked it. And... It did a lot of good. No, I'm going to keep it in an eight because there are a lot of good things that it did. And there are a lot of moments where I was like, "Ooh, that's really good. That's good shit. Um, There were some things where I was like, no, we probably shouldn't have done that or we could have changed that. We could have done that a little differently. But there are some themes that this movie, you know, brings up that I really liked and could get behind. Um, The you know, potential corruption with a corrupt leader and the building a narrative to get the people to go along with what you want. Uh, We see the Justice League actually working together and using their different skills and knowledge to piece together what's going on. We see, you know, a lot of tactical things that are happening on both sides. Um, We see a firm demonstration of the power that can come from Atlantis. Like, there's a lot that this movie does give us that I really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, you know, like what happened to black Manta, a travesty. Um, yeah. Some of the, like, then again, there were some little like dumb things early in the movie. That's like, Oh, okay. But I'm going to give it an eight. Um, I enjoyed it and I like a lot of the things it did. So. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else on it? Um, I I don't. I think I've said my piece with the movie. Um, yeah, I I don't have anything else. I've said my piece. Okay, okay. Well, who? In the next episode, we will be discussing Batman versus Robin. So until then, salutations. <laughs> <laughs>